0: ding 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 welcome to talking pictures trivia the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movies through trivia as an excuse to keep their friendships alive i'm one of these friends and today's host nick and with me is tom and kj all right today's movie was suggested to us by nick which is me For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz, which consists of two rounds of three questions to determine who will earn today's trivia crown. Then, once the fierce competition is over, we follow it up with our famous movie rant where anything goes. Today's movie is, I think, a classic movie from 1975, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. This falls under the adventure comedy fantasy genre. Just a quick summary of the plot, Um, we follow King Arthur and his Knights of the Round Table as they go through a a variety of adventures through various trials and tribulations on their quest for the Holy Grail, pretty straightforward. The director is Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones. Some other Python-related media are, of course, the Monty Python's Flying Circus TV series, uh, Life of Brian, a 1979 movie, Meaning of Life, 1983, and now for something completely different, 1971. Some other big movies in 1975 included Jaws, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, Tommy, The Return of Pink Panther, Death Race 2000, and of course, the beloved French Connection, (laughs) Two, which I have never seen. Now, why did I pick this movie? I think this is a movie that uh, we all have some familiarity Usually we go and ask, is anyone familiar with this movie? I know for a fact you both are familiar with this movie because I've watched this movie with you many times in our youth. So this one, I can't remember exactly when, if it was late elementary school or early middle school. I don't know exactly, but I have vivid memories of watching this at Tom's house. And we had another friend, uh, Alan, who would come over to watch movies with us. And every time he's like, This is the time I'm not going to fall asleep. I'm not going to fall. I'm going to watch the movie. And sure enough, we put on Monty Python and Alan fell asleep. (laughs) So to this day, I do not know if Alan has ever fully seen this movie. But it's just funny. I, I always think about it. And this is one of those classic movies where I would, wouldn't be surprised if we know most of the, the, the dialogue by heart. Uh, tons of quotes. Uh, we've even, in, in different uh, camps and all that, when we were young, we did skits and sketches based off of this around the campfire. Uh, we, this is just something that reminds me a lot of, of my youth. Uh, so that's why I picked this movie. Wonderful quotes. Uh, it just, it's just a, a very enjoyable comedy. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to Tom. I I know you have some experience with this movie, but tell me a little bit uh, about your uh, thoughts about this movie.
1: I don't remember the first time I saw it. It's one of those movies that we've watched together so many times that it's become sort of as old as the memories we have. Um, Yeah. And i I've always enjoyed it. And even now rewatching it, I, I enjoy it a lot. I've, when getting my master's, I took a class in, in Arthurian legend. Um, you know, specific part of it, but, but still. And the, the movie seems to have a great deal of, let's um, say, respect or fun respect with regards to the like kind of source material. So I've only enjoyed it more through, through the years. Okay, KJ.
0: Have you ever seen this movie?
2: (laughs) I may have seen it once or twice. I actually remember the first time I saw a part of this movie. I was down the shore, and this was back uh, in the 90s. So it was on TV, and my folks said, hey, come in, come in, you have to see this movie. And it was the Black Knight fight. And I remember watching it, and I I was in middle school, maybe a little younger, so... And I'm watching, I'm like, this is silly. This is absolutely silly. But then the Black Knight says... We'll call it a draw. And I lost it. I thought that was one of the funniest things I had ever seen. So when I got back home, I don't remember how, but got my hands on the movie and I watched it by myself and I was like, yeah, not that good. Not that funny. But then we watched it together and I realized "Uh, I got to watch it with a group. This movie is hilarious when people start laughing and giggling and that's what makes this movie really good I've seen it countless times since then and as an engineer um as most engineers do we have the movie memorized if not literally then at least spiritually we know at least our version of every scene and every bit of dialogue for this episode i was hoping to watch the grail in another language just to see if it stood up i mean we have most of the dialogue memorized why not watch it in another language so I opened up netflix went to the language options it's only in English. So as I was watching, I was like, ooh, this might not be something you can translate to other languages because a lot of the humor is, is in the muttering and the, the, the subtext. Um,
0: so yeah, love it. Great. Look forward to talking about it. And, and even though you say that, uh, I think when we were younger too, it was translating English to English as well. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a British film. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I was really looking forward to this episode just because of our rich history with this movie. Which brings us right into Movie Quiz. It's time for Movie Quiz. Round one. The categories for round one include Bring Out Your Dead, Those Responsible for Sacking the People Who Have Just Been Sacked Have Been Sacked, and the swallow may fly south with the sun, or the house martin or the plumber may seek warmer climes in winter, yet these are not strangers to our land. I'm going to start with Tom. Which one of these categories would you like to start with? The second one? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was that again?
0: Those responsible for sacking the people who have just been sacked have been sacked.
1: That sounds
2: good.
0: Let's do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's time for
2: question one.
0: What are the two animals referenced in the opening credits that were pivotal to behind-the-scenes movie production and worthy of such attention and care? I should have mentioned uh, the questions in round one are worth one point. I'm going to allow you uh, both um, to think about this, and uh, you have to get both of them right in order to get this question right i think i'd
2: like to speak for everybody i think we're locked in we're locked in yeah. <laughs> okay shall we do this together tom yeah sure all right The a wonderful moose and the llamas
0: okay the ecuadorian llamas <laughs> there we go we start off with the tie uh, in the opening scene just to show you how silly this movie is going to be uh in addition to normal credits in the bottom there's a bunch of not really Swedish (laughs) um, uh, subtitles, um, but they tell another story. And in that story is uh, prominently featured a moose. And then when the final people have been sacked, who sacked and sacked, the whole series of sacking, they outsource it to another company that is very familiar, uh, fond of llamas. So uh, I just thought that. What, what do you guys think about the craziness of that I, opening sequence? Isn't the company
1: composed of llamas? <laughs> yes, it's like forty equatorial llamas. <laughs> <laughs> I I like that sequence also. It's when you read the credits too. I didn't realize like the um, the the letter or whatever that guarantees that this movie hasn't been copyrighted or lifted from someone else is signed by richard nixon that was i thought <laughs> might have been a question that was really thinking
0: about that one yeah. but wait what about the whole like uh like subplot of the moose i i, I don't remember kj do you remember the? i know you probably know the details of that one
2: well they invite you to sweden to see the you know, the wonderful great the <laughs> end end telephone system
1: <laughs>
2: and then he starts on a story about how a moose bit his sister one time she
1: was carving right yeah, she was, was carving like- in the moose <laughs> yes.
2: there's that long block of subtitles that i can never get all the way through before they take it off which is also great because you feel like oh there must have been more but yeah she was carving into the moose and the moose bit her and <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, yeah. and, and the reason I even went into the joke, uh, the question about uh, you know uh, worthy of such attention and care, was when they go through the credits, there's actually people listed for like antler care and like like in the actual credits. Oh
2: yeah, they take their jokes very seriously. <laughs> so
0: keep in mind, we are discussing a
1: movie about a quest for the Holy Grail. <laughs> It also means you're not safe, right? I mean, safe in the sense of that the the outside world is going to continually invade this plot. Um, you know, the, the, the frame keeps coming into focus, so to speak. Yeah, And you yeah. start right away, yeah. That fourth wall is broken yeah. from the opening credits. Yeah, which is like an older way of doing comedy as opposed to like, you know, the Adam Sandler movies where the fourth wall was pretty solidly in place. Yeah. Um,
0: I think they put up walls just to break down more walls. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my wife, who is the most wonderful person, my wife, who is the most wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> you want to get this right? Here. Oh, you want to get this yeah, right? This gotta be,
1: it's sticking in your throat for some reason.
2: <laughs> my wife, who is the most wonderful person on the planet. Um, is it is i'm gonna say she's a monty python fan but that's not true and every time i i think i have it i find the perfect joke to show her here here it is this is what makes monty python monty python i tried to use these opening credits i said oh i got it rich i got it rich and i opened up netflix on my phone i said here it is and we went through the whole thing and i'm laughing and i look over at her and she gave me this look why are you wasting my time? So you do have to be in the right mindset and have a very silly... KJ, is that an
0: often phrasing (laughs) use?
2: (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, I like to think I waste her time quite well, to be honest.
0: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Well, again, uh, after all of that, uh, you start this session off tied one-to-one. KJ, I'm going to turn this over to you. We have Bring Out Your Dead and... The swallow may fly south with the sun, or the house martin or the plumber may seek warmer climes in winter, yet these are not strangers to our land. I'll
2: go with uh, the strangers to our
0: land. It's time for question two. What is the correct response to the following question? What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow?
1: Locked in? Tom, are you locked in? Uh, the, the actual speed of the swallow, like how fast it flies. I remember like it's the wing beats per minute. I think.
0: I'm going to repeat the question. Mm-hmm. What is the correct response to the following question? What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? Oh, yeah, I know what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh i'm kj you can start it off and tom will trust you (laughs) if you had the same answer so i wanted to clarify
2: european or african swallow
1: that's what i had okay i i honestly thought african or european does the order matter no it's okay (laughs) King, king arthur goes what do you mean african or european
0: swallow and the old man from scene 24 goes i don't know that and gets launched
1: (laughs) (laughs) is that also um the old man from scene 24 is that also john cleese
0: i do not believe so i actually don't know if that's one of them or which one of the i don't think it is though i it's I one do. of them. It's got. Yeah, be I, I don't know which one of them it is. Actually, some of them are very recognizable. That one, I'm not sure. It's what I-
1: kind of incredible how much they disappear into their roles. Yes, like you hear what- about these method actors doing all this BS in order to like become their characters. These guys just do it. They're gone when they're in most of these characters. Well, what's great about it
0: too is I I I actually might have been talking to you guys about this just off off uh, off the podcast. But I was looking at IMDb, just like the credits, and it's, it was hilarious because usually it's like, this actor play this. It's like, this actor play these 10 people. <laughs> like, and it's all like the main guys at Monty Python. It was funny. Uh, I did want to bring up this question. One, there's a lot of swallow uh, bird related jokes throughout this movie. And what I did find of note, which does not appear in the movie, but I happened to Google search... You know what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? And we, as we know from the movie, you know, African swallows are non-migratory, so it we we had to use the data based on a European swallow. And there was a variety of different studies that people did, um, and it seems. Give or take, that it's about 11 meters per second or 25, uh, 24 miles an hour. Some had it a little higher, a little oh, lower. Pretty fast. But, yeah, uh, you know, follow. that's the story there. Now, of course, there are quite a bunch of jokes regarding even in the beginning sequence of the movie. We start with the swallow jokes when the guard at the top of the tower, when he's looking for uh, King Arthur, is looking for people to join his knights at Round Table, he's trying to recruit people. And the guy up on the top of the castle, he's only interested in why uh, he has two coconuts that he's, uh, the squire's two coconuts that he's bashing together to make it sound like he's riding a horse. Now, they don't go into it that specific. They then go into a whole tirade on how this coconut could end up in this climate, which somehow brought into maybe that quote, which was the, um, which was the category Got him thinking about how swallows could carry coconuts up into this region. Okay, Just by the husk.
2: Yeah. It's not a matter of where he grips it, Tom.
0: Such <laughs> <laughs> so a great... Any thoughts on those scenes or any other swa- swallow-related
1: jokes throughout the movie? Well, the joke keeps going. They keep... And, and that, has, that has to do with a lot of things. You know, uh, five, no, three, so three. Yeah, th- 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 those type of things kind of echo throughout the movie kind of ties it together um, far more than you know the plot which is <laughs> you know kind of an afterthought um, but again it's it's this uh, kind of reference to the frame right at the beginning that's what they do they they break down the frame a lot at the beginning and so you have the the joke and then the joke is commented and the commenting on the joke becomes the joke
0: what I love about that scene, too, after it, um, Sir Bedivere goes to him, how do you know so much about swells? Well, you have to know this when you're a king.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we continue on tied 2-2. Two, two. Everyone is, has a perfect score so far. And the only remaining category, Tom, for this round is Bring Out Your Dead. Would you like that category? No. Well, too bad.
2: <laughs> it's time for question three.
0: Throughout the movie, there's a subplot regarding the murder of a famous historian. What are the scenes that explore this plot line? The last to name a correct scene wins, and you each will earn a point if all are identified. So, we're going to go through all the scenes that involve this subplot of the, the, the death of a famous historian. Tom, give me a scene that involves this.
1: Yep. Scene in which he's killed. <laughs> How? How is he killed? He's killed the uh, a knight rides by. It's hard to see who. It looks kind of like Lancelot. But a knight rides by and hits him with a sword and kills him. He just hits him with it? <laughs> I think he. I think he like slashes. He, he slashes him. Yeah, he kills him <laughs> with the sword. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, so that is a correct scene. KJ, do you have another scene?
2: Sure, I'll do an easy one. At the end, the cops show up presumably to arrest the group for killing the historian.
0: Yes. And what's actually crazy about that is they arrest uh, King Arthur and Sir Bedivere. They throw them into the car, but I, to Tom's point is which knight actually killed him. We can talk about it later. I don't think it was King Arthur or Sir Bedivere, but anyway. So to
2: interrupt the question. Yeah. I thought I remember reading. They didn't have permits to film at that castle. They didn't have the keys to get in. But they didn't have the keys to get in? Okay, yeah, I didn't know right. if the cops showed up because they didn't have the permits. No! Oh, no. <laughs> like, I didn't know if that just happened to
1: oh, work Oh, this out. is a perfect
0: ending. Perfect right. ending. Yeah, the,
1: the reason why they don't get into the castle is because they, they didn't have the keys to start filming it yet. They also lost the permits to film in a lot of different places, which why, is why almost all of the movie is filmed at one castle at <laughs> <laughs> different angles. Um, oh, that is great. Yeah.
0: But I'm going to have to turn it back over to oh. Tom To continue, we have the historian killed by a knight on horse. We have the cops arrest King Arthur and Sir Bedivere at the end. What is another scene in this subplot?
1: The next scene from the same camera angle in which the historian is killed, we see a female companion of the historian um, talking to the police officers with a sheet over the historian's body.
0: That is true. And in my brain, I think one of them was a detective because he was in more of like a suit and the other ones were normal cops. But that's just in my brain. Back to KJ. What is another scene?
2: I don't know if this counts, but they often cut to groups of people saying, get on with it. And I didn't know if that was related to the historian.
0: It is not, but I'm going to let you go because I can't. I'm going to let you guess again, because I don't know if there was a cop referenced in any of those
2: um, okay, there is a scene where the cops do arrest Lancelot. Um, I think they need to arrest Lancelot because John Cleese plays the Frenchman, so when they approach the castle at the end of the movie, they need John Cleese to be the Frenchman and not with uh, Graham with uh, King Arthur and yes. so. There is that a scene is, where they're, like, frisking... That's uh, the, they,
0: they are patting down Sir Lancelot on the side of a cop car <laughs> after he goes across the bridge of death. Yes.
1: Tom? Okay, there is a scene where they, uh, after the rabbit kills everyone, where the police are looking at the bodies outside the cave.
0: Yes, the cops do see a bunch of dead bodies at the cave. Uh, KJ? I think I'm out. That's all I got. okay. Uh, this point is going to go to Tom. Yay. There is a scene where the cops are at the shrubberies near the knights, previously where the knights who say knee were. They're at the white picket fence with the shrubberies with the two layers to give it a nice layered effect. <laughs> and they hear uh, the explosion of the holy hand grenade.
1: That's right. That's mm. why they go, yeah. So uh, they they fu- yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. We are
0: good there. So.
2: So that's five points for Tom?
0: uh, No, no, no. It's just just one point. It's one point. It wasn't cumulative.
2: So that's (laughs) five points for Tom? No, three, sir.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Spot on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I wanted to bring this up because – we're in the middle of this like medieval tale, and all of a sudden there's this random historian. I just mm. we couldn't. We, there's no way we couldn't discuss this. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, the original script, um, what they spent a year on, was told in two time frames. It was the present day and also the past. I wonder if that's a relic of that, because originally they were just going to go back and forth into the story. It could be, but I really like the way they did it. Mm-hmm
2: where they broke down that wall again and it's seamlessly hopping back and forth between those two things. I think if they had a historian introduce the movie and then cut to this kind of documentary style, that may have taken away some of the punchlines. I think
0: it's
1: another, like, what
0: the heck is actually going on?
1: (laughs) It's also something that the Pythons did in their show, which was was to... Hey, Tom, what does that mean?
2: <laughs> like, get smaller? Oh, no. oh pause.
1: It's <laughs> the dog's barking. I was going to pick the dog. Tom, you could just say, like,
2: oh, I'm going to go take care of the dog, <laughs> Instead of doing these <laughs> secret samples. I was like.
1: <laughs> yeah, give me one second. Right, so How about good, that? <laughs> oh,
2: man. <laughs> 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 oh, there's gonna be a lot of good footage for this episode. Oh gosh! At first, I'm thinking, oh, well, i did a lot of this out.
0: No, nope. <laughs> a lot of it in. leave <laughs> it right, to our editor. <laughs> okay, continue. To- wait, wait. On pause. <laughs> yeah. no, no,
2: play. play. <laughs> <laughs> The audience can't see us right now, but we're using our fingers to make pause symbols and play symbols. (laughs) We have yet to come up with stop or skip ahead.
0: for I think if we keep at this, they may all be giving us the stop
1: symbol. (laughs) What was it saying? Oh yeah, it was, um, so there was supposed to be, the script was supposed to be in two parts, the present tense and then the past, and they're supposed to go back and forth. Um, But but the cops coming in also helps because the pythons in their show in Flying Circus they kind of made an art of just stopping the skit. The skit never wrapped up ever, you know, sometimes it did, but often they would just go, all right, enough of that, and move on to the next thing. <laughs> and this is sort of in the spirit of the show, just sort of stopping when we're, when we're out of jokes. <laughs> so
0: do you think this is a, this is not one of the questions. <laughs> um, do you think this is kind of like a D- Don Quixote situation where they're in modern times, but playing out this whole thing?
1: No. I, I mean, <laughs> the, the thing with Don Quixote is that it's the... Don Quixote isn't delusional. What we learn, if you read Don Quixote, it, towards the end of the first book, what you discover is that Don Quixote is perfectly sane, but he prefers the world he creates. He prefers chasing at windmills he's kind of making the reality he wants to occupy, um, which is somewhat framed as uh, as a legitimate means of addressing the world, you know, and kind of like in a world this crazy, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, with the pythons, I mean, you're not, you know, they're, it's, it's more like this kind of collection of sketches or something like that. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have that kind of meaning. It doesn't have that, um, it doesn't have that world-building effect, right? There isn't a, a closed-off world. It's just there is no fourth wall, yeah, which I is think... most of his, right? yeah. yeah. I don't think they're in
2: either time period. I think they're in a sketch the whole yeah. time.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting we should talk about the collection of sketches. I, and again, this isn't, I just roughly wrote this down in my notes when watching this. This movie is roughly a collection of like 17 different sketches just smashed together which it works perfectly. I'm just counting major scenes, not like the credits or just like sketch comedy. It, so mm-hmm. when I actually like wrote it down, I was like trying to figure out how many unique segments are in there. And I came up with about
1: um, 17 of them. But they're okay. well together. they like, they reference each other. So it isn't, it isn't like um, uh, some of the films which feel more like a collection of sketches together. Like the meaning of life feels much more segmented. This seems like a, a, a full movie with a narrative. Yeah.
0: No, I agree. It just the segments of the movie. Like, yeah, and, I, I, and, yeah. Yeah. And they actually, they did great because they do reference. I mean, there's one scene where um, they're talking, uh, Sir Bedivere knows all about science and all that. And he's going off, and it's such a tiny little tangent. But because of some reason, we know that the earth is banana shaped. And then he's saying, oh, well, uh, tell me about how sheep's ladder can stop earthquakes. Like there's these little, and this <laughs> oh, is just
1: yeah. mumbling within a scene. It's not even, like you have to listen for it. But it's also, <laughs> uh, it's also I mean, the, the pythons with the exception of uh, Terry Gilliam were either at Oxford or at Cambridge. And the jokes they're making are actually pretty sophisticated references to a sort of middle-aged discourse where you would have these like syllogistic conversations about how to build logic bridges um, that would result in things like, well, this, therefore this bladder stops earthquakes. (laughs) Um, You know, this, this uh, kind of middle age, I guess the, the biggest example would be alchemy, right? Where we're going to convert lead into gold. Um, But the middle age is filled with this stuff and kind of the, the logical mechanism was one of the biggest things. And they're sending that up for mockery. Okay. Well,
0: that uh, concludes round one. Tom is presently in the lead, three to two. KJ is still uh, fighting strong here. And we do have to take a quick break uh, to uh, visit our sponsors. We'll be right back. The following message is brought to you by the United Shrubbers Ad Council. There is a pestilence upon this land. Nothing is sacred. Even those who arrange and design shrubberies are under considerable economic stress in this period in history especially in these times, it is important to remember your local shrubbers, like our friend Roger the shrubber who arranges, designs, and sells shrubberies as they are the hearts of our communities. They are also a vital engine for our nation's economy. Your local shrubbers remain committed to making sure the grass is truly greener on the other side, along with the rest of your carefully crafted landscaping designs. So please continue to support your local shrubbers, whether our friend Roger or your local shrubbery monger. And we're back for round two. In round two, each question will be worth two points unless stated otherwise. The categories for round two include She Turned Me Into a Newt, We're Knights of the Round Table, and No, It's Too Perilous. So, Tom,
2: She Turned Me Into a Newt. It's time for question four.
0: We meet a lot of interesting characters during the maid adventures' travels. What does Nick think that KJ thinks is the most iconic character of this movie?
2: What does Nick think that I think is the most iconic? Okay, got it. Uh, I gotta think about that one. All right, I'm locked in.
1: I'm not. Um, so, what does Nick think KJ thinks? So Nick is trying to understand KJ. Which always involves, am I yeah. always
0: am just like his wife.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this involves Nick getting out of the way of Nick to see KJ. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go on a ledge here. I, I have something locked in. Okay, Tom, start us up. I'm gonna go with Tim the Sorcerer. Um, I think he's uh has a stupid name. It, it's very <laughs> funny. Um. Uh, And that's all I have. (laughs) I don't have a good reason. (laughs) Okay, KJ, what
0: do you think? No, what do you think that I think you think is the most iconic character? There is
2: a character in this movie. Um, He is wise. He is famous. He's a sorcerer. And some call him Tim. I also think that you think that I think that Tim is the iconic character. And the reason I think that is the horns that he's wearing are very iconic and his when he speaks sometimes he speaks by throwing fireballs for effect and i think that increases his iconic appeal so i'm going with tim as well
0: well i think that you both think that kj thinks tim is the correct answer i i remember uh when you know, just growing up, like you seem to be pretty fascinated with Tim. Tim the Enchanter is actually
2: oh, his the Enchanter, name. not the Sorcerer.
1: The Enchanter.
0: You may call me, or no, some call me Tim.
1: <laughs> and actually, the real reason I picked it was I just remember KJ saying that a lot.
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> and so did I.
1: <laughs>
0: and then I, um, of course, the, the scene in the cave. It's it's got big, short, sharp, pointy teeth. look at the bones (laughs) so so, um, and then also like even when KJ was talking about how he talks in fireballs he would just do random things he'd shoot like a rocket and blow up a tree (laughs) and they're like impressive (laughs) because this guy could shoot fireballs he he knew the way to uh, get them to the holy grail now do you think he actually did assist them in their quest
1: yeah he told them where to go I mean, you could you could actually follow his instructions to the Grail, <laughs> yeah, Pre- points- if you presume with the Grail is where it is. Yeah, there is right. a cave. Yeah, he <laughs> points them to the cave. Yeah. And the cave leads them to the castle. And if we presume the castle's the, the Grails in the castle.
0: Do you mean the castle? Uh,
1: uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to say because I was worried it was a question. <laughs> That's the, the kind of like interconversations are hard because you're like yeah you do know, give, give away, away a clue yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I even love that when they
0: are in the cave yeah. and they're looking at the the right it was written in Aramaic
1: mm.
0: in the castle of and oh maybe he died while he was writing it <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't spend I, the time oh. to write
1: oh. <laughs> maybe he was dictating <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so you both receive two points Thomas still in the lead by one so kj i'm gonna turn it over to you we're knights of the round table or no it's too perilous
2: let's do the knights of the round table it's
0: time for question five after god himself charges king arthur and the knights of the round table to seek the holy grail the group decides to disperse to cover more ground on their quest According to Nick, which knight's tale is the most entertaining? Bonus opportunity. What was the name of the knight that was introduced but whose tale did not appear in this film? That bonus question will be worth one point. We're going to answer the first question first, and then we'll do the bonus question. Okay? So which uh, knight's tale is the most entertaining? According to me. I'm locked in. I am locked in also. Tom has been locked into my strategies or <laughs> thought process for multiple episodes. So we'll see if it continues. KJ, which one was the most entertaining?
2: The most entertaining would be Sir Lancelot's tale. And the knight who does not appear in the film was aptly named Sir not appearing in this film.
0: Tom? I had a,
1: exactly the same response to both of those. Well, you guys, exactly are, the same.
0: You guys are locked into my <laughs> thought process. <laughs> so now this one, to be honest with you, is, is tough because each one of the tales of Sir Lancelot, Sir Galahad, Sir Robin, unfortunately, we did not see the tale of Sir not appearing in this film. I'm sure that may have been the most entertaining. Uh, they were all good. In just different ways. I think the reason, in my mind, why Lancelot moved up is it's there's a, a lot of funny scenes within that whole sketch. Yeah, Sir Robin, longer, yeah. yeah. Sir Robin is funny, but he's not funny. His minstrels are funny. <laughs> like I love the songs. <laughs> brave, brave Sir Robin. <laughs> and Sir Galahad. To be quite honest, I think that one is funny. That they had a, a grail shaped beacon mm-hmm. <laughs> that drew him in. But I think Lancelot, but again, what are the funny elements of
1: each one of these that you guys like? I, I like the, uh, my, my favorite part with, uh, with the Galahad thing is the, um, the, the, Twin sisters and their name, the names of all the women. I believe it was Zoot and Dingo. And yeah. Dingo, yeah, Dingo. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the doctors were Winston and Piggy. I think. <laughs> I don't know that one. <laughs> yeah. That so one it, I don't know. It was just like you'd have a like the, the the kind of absurd names of these characters on top of the absurd situation. Um, you know that that made me laugh a lot. It wasn't like Jane or, or Veronica or something like that. I always thought
2: Galahad's tale was actually the weakest, and I didn't remember, but noted on this watch through. At one point, I don't know if it's Zoot or her sister turns to the camera and says, "We considered cutting this whole scene. Aren't you glad we didn't?" Like it. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I
0: didn't remember that sequence.
2: Yeah, like, I
1: remember that yeah.
0: from my youth. <laughs> I didn't remember that sequence. So, actually. how did
2: we watch it back in the day? Did we record it off TV? Like it, the Netflix version is probably the, the full version. version
0: that get get on with it part I remember, but like that that we were going to cut this part that was the one scene mm-hmm. I watched it on, on Netflix as well that i didn 't remember. But I, I did find something funny about that scene when she's introducing like how all the them are stuck in this castle. She's like, we're just you know, blondes and brunettes, 16 to 19 and a half. All we can do is bathe, dress, undress, make exciting underwear. <laughs> <Like that>
1: was- <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a funny thing when you get really specific in a way you don't need to. Like nineteen and a half is <laughs> <laughs> it 's really hilarious i 'm not quite sure why, but you know when you when you introduce a uh, a small specificity that 's not exactly relevant it 's almost always funny
0: yeah I, I did find that uh, uh, series of events funny, but it 's a little bit more linear, whereas uh, uh, Sir Lancelot <laughs> there's just so many every time that guy wants to break out into song and Sir Lancelot thinks he's
1: rescuing like a, a damsel in distress and it's this effeminate prince who just <laughs> wants to sing. Yeah. Who's um uh, Terry Jones playing that role? Hmm. Really unrecognizable. Yeah. Who's yeah. Uh, Sir Benavir is Terry Jones also. Oh, I didn't make the connection. Yeah. I it's the same. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's just uh I don't know. I thought that was, it was funny. It was a, that's the thing of them, like, disappearing into these roles. Like, I can't tell you how many times I had to look up who the different characters were just because they're so, so different. And I think Terry Jones does a great job with that. Yeah, the,
2: the strange thing about that, their costumes aren't elaborate or they don't disappear into the costume. They disappear into the character. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just, like, eyebrows or something that's making them unrecognizable. Exactly, it's the whole yeah. performance, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And I I particularly like the the father when he's talking about like the castle and he has to marry this lady because they have huge tracts of land. Uh, But he talks about like nobody told him, everyone told him he couldn't build a castle in a swamp. (laughs) So he built one and that one sunk. He built another one that that burnt, fell over and then sunk. But the third one stood. (laughs) 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 Mm-hmm. And the, the other part is uh, when the the prince can't leave the the castle and he just like like casually like scribbles down a note and he has like a bow and arrow and he just goes bing and meanwhile this arrow goes like flying into the woods and hits the squire. Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> right in the t- a message
0: for you con- uh, Thanks, Conker.
1: Uh,
0: oh, that yeah. brings up the whole series of events of like you haven't died in vain, the death.
1: Near yeah, that show, yep. another joke. beat. Yep, another thread yeah. through the hole. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. He's getting better, which they do with the father, right? The yeah. father yes, of the bride, that? yes. Yep. <laughs> and he just kills him.
0: Yeah. Not Who just out. when you Who thought it was go? getting better
1: <laughs>
0: <Stop. Okay. laughs> took a turn for the worse, <laughs> and then hear the guard go.
1: <laughs>
0: that goes all the way back to one of the the. Earlier sketches right after uh, King Arthur and uh, you know the coconuts and the swallows jokes to the bring out your dead, which was one of the categories, which mm-hmm. I really did enjoy that sketch too, which led that joke on where the guy wants to put mm-hmm. someone who's not dead on the dead cart. <laughs> so what what how do you know he's a king? Oh, he hasn't have crap all over him. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So I so in the end uh, I I think we all knew what I was thinking. But aside from what I think, do you guys think that that was the most entertaining of the tales?
1: I do. I, th- there's just more going on. There's more jokes. You have the, the sequence with the guards who are trying to figure out what their instructions are, mm-hmm. <laughs> which goes on the right amount. And then you have like the, the little effeminate Jerry Jones who's, you know, and even the sequence where he's trying to shoot the arrow, write the letter and shoot the arrow all that action is good and the cuts to, um, is it? No, it's, it's Eric Idle. Eric Idle, yeah. One, yeah, Eric Idle who's just kind of dumbly <laughs> smiling at him. Yeah, that um, big they,
2: smile Eric Idle has is amazing.
0: Yeah. And Wasn't he also he, Concord getting shot with the arrow? Yeah, he
1: was. Yeah. And then it's also the, uh, the, the Lancelot trying to come in there and then um, he can't find the word for it. I need to enter in my own particular <laughs> Idioms, sir. Yeah, idiom. <laughs> it's just, you know, and, and the father's incentive. There's just all of these different desires all these different characters have layered on top of each other. I think that's what makes that, that scene so much more complex. You know, the, the um, Gilead scene, uh, Galahad, excuse me, scene where he's, uh, you know, like he wants to get the grail without losing his purity and they want to have sex with him is, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I can face the peril. To, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I also like the Lancelot not best. And hopefully this episode doesn't just turn into us quoting Monty Python, but when the, the King or whoever he is says, all this will be yours lad. What the curtains. <laughs> That's another. <laughs> <laughs> another great line from that
0: scene that's the thing this movie is super quotable i mean it, and even in the end when he's I i i haven't uh, when when the sun fell from the tower because lancelot thought he was saving a woman and the father cuts the the rope that the the, the makeshift rope that the son was making and he comes down with lancelot and he goes I feel like I haven't it's not that I've lost a son, but gained
1: a daughter in a legally binding sense. <laughs> in know, very real and legally binding sense. And he also doesn't want to piss off Lancelot because Lancelot's a knight of the round table. Yes. And associated with Arthur. Yeah. So you get yeah. the kind of the, the you know, the Machiavellian character. You have the you know, the kind of romantic knight character um kind of meeting and, and, and working together. <laughs> What do you think of the end of that sketch? Oh, that's great. Give me a push. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, yeah. he had to have an ending that matched his particular idiom. Mm. So he, he tangles on the rope trying to swing it out. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, but it it's a, he has to be this archetype, right? He has yeah. to do things within the framework that a knight of a romantic idiom does. <laughs>
2: and just to beat this scene to death, he's also running <laughs> up the stairs. <laughs> And he, he turns and cuts the torch in half. <laughs> he stops, he turns around and just hits that
0: torch. he's no, he's cutting through anyone in his way. Yeah. That's a very subtle scene that you're absolutely right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, even some of their their jokes, you, you have to, like, pay attention to it because they're, like, quick. You know, some of them are very in your face, but that one, that's when I forgot about the torch uh okay well we have one question left and it could be anyone's game here um tom is ahead by one point eight seven and the title of this one which we just mentioned something that quoted something similar no it's too perilous it's time for question six King Arthur and his knights face great peril throughout their adventures. According to Nick, which encounter was the most perilous? It could be any of the characters. It could be the group. It could be Solo. Just any of the King Arthur and any of his knights. I have an answer. Yeah, I think I'm locked in. Yeah. Okay, Tom, what do you have for the most perilous?
1: I'm going to say the bridge. The bridge of death sequence? Okay. I think that bridge is the most perilous.
0: KJ, where are you? Not
2: what's behind the rabbit, but the rabbit.
0: So I'm going to just blankly call that like the cave, the cave scene. Sure. I believe that neither of you got what I was looking for. So I will ah. judge which one I think is the best. Now, there's a bit of tongue-in-cheek to the answer here.
1: <laughs> Can we argue for our positions?
0: Um.
1: Well, let's see what you have to say yeah mm-hmm.
0: so the reason i chose this one and i am inclined to actually uh go with kj on this one um but i want to so i actually had the black knight because that's the only hand-to-hand combat that we see and the whole reason i think it's the most perilous is because of that carefully crafted uh fight sequence (laughs) it's the (laughs) most they're just like throwing their swords out and Uh, smacking but 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 the reason i brought that one up is that was the only like hand-to-hand combat however (laughs) i do think that the rabbit with its big sharp pointy teeth (laughs) He did take down three knights. I think he took down three in, red ad- shirts. Mm-hmm. in addition to the scattering of bones, I will have to award the points to KJ. So he, at the last minute, is going to sneak oh. the victory in. Mm-hmm. However, Tom, Bridge of Death, we didn't have as much of a kill count.
1: So We, we don't, but there's yeah. less agency for the people approaching it. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, so you can actually do something about, you could fight the rabbit or the black knight or the, yeah. the animated beast. Um, but with that, it's like if you have a particular factoid or not, depends. So even if like the, the kill count in that scene isn't as high, it's still like, to me, that's far more terrifying. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's, I can't do anything about it. So, so Tom,
2: I, for somebody yeah. who records a podcast every week called Talking Pictures Trivia, you thought the bridge of trivia was the most dangerous.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes sense, right? I mean, it's like you don't have the answer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, this thing you think you know, you, don't, you actually aren't qualified to do. And that's what you discover. And you discover it in the worst possible circumstance. So yeah. if we started a podcast about rabbits, you would be
2: less nervous about approaching that.
1: No. Not, no, because it's um, – because it's.
2: I'm just joking. It, one know, is, is not,
1: based, <laughs> not. I was gonna say one is. No, one no, is this best, is silly, <laughs> no, okay, yeah. sure. Gonna say one is based in fact, like collect, like responding or yeah. digesting facts, and one is you know would yeah. not quite like be
0: that. I think there. I think there's an argument for any of these. The reason I actually went with, and I, I in general. The next one would be the rabbit. I went with the Black Knight because the the black Knight sequence you literally see him like um kill this other knight before, and they literally bring out a series of of weapons and it 's the most engaged so we see that this guy is a a fierce combatant, and then King Arthur fights him and he starts losing limbs i mean there 's so many great k j brought it up even in his introduction there it it shows us the like the first Fight sequence, if you will, and we don't have anything else like that throughout the movie, but just the the combination of quotes about Tis a scratch and just a flesh wound, and then King Arthur at the end when he with the black knight is nothing more than a stump on the ground with no arms and legs, we'll call it a draw, <laughs> a draw. so that was why I was saying it was a, it was a fight to the death to cross that little little tiny bridge. <laughs> there's a little bridge that you could clearly just walk through the stream by the way, <laughs> and that is what the Black knight is protecting and of course the black knight always triumphs (laughs) well i I hope you guys enjoyed the questions it looks that kj just snuck a lead a a win in at the end there uh but again a, a valiant effort by both uh ending nine to kj and eight points to tom but it seems like even just answering these questions we had a lot to talk about with this movie so let's jump right into our favorite section movie rant after these brief messages
1: i must say as a father myself a great way to capture a child's imagination is with a giant fire imagine if you will coming home from work you are beat Dinner is burnt, the internet is down, and the damn kids won't stop screaming and running in circles. In the old days, I would just light a cheap piece of furniture on fire in order to calm those kids down so I could have just five minutes of me time. Oh, how they would stand there, watching grandma's ottoman collapse into dust, attracted to the flame and terrified as to what I would do next. But now, with Instant Combustion Poster Board, the best flammable poster board on the market, you no longer have to risk hearth and home to quiet a disruptive child. Just set up the poster board, rub lightly on the back, and wow, your kids will stare at the blazing fire in tearful silence as you sip a lovely single malt. That's Instant Combustion Poster Board from Burnt Boo Boo Incorporated. Set your mind on fire. And also your poster board. That's instant combustion just for you from Burnt Boo Boo Incorporated.
0: And we're back yet again for our favorite time of movie rants. It's time for movie rant. So, uh, not that we didn't talk enough about the movie already. You guys have any thoughts about this movie?
1: I do like this movie. For I, I said this before, but you know, having read more of the. The Arthur stuff since, having initially seen this movie as a child. Um, it is commenting a lot on that. Uh, I, I especially like the introduction to, Saint, to Sir Benevere, um, when he's doing the, the witch burning thing, um, the, you know, this kind of classical syllogism of um, if X, then Y, if Y, then Z type thing. But, of course, the, the, the X and the Y are absurd. <laughs> do you want to
0: refresh our audience on the series? Yeah, sure. This? He
1: says, like, um, so they're trying to determine if a woman is a witch. They said, what? Um, so what do witches do? Witches burn. Well, what else burns? Um, w- more witches. <laughs> wood. Uh, well, what can you do with wood? Build a bridge out of that. Well, you can also build a bridge out of stone. And it comes to the conclusion that, uh, wood floats and also a duck floats, therefore a witch should weigh as much as a duck. <laughs> and, and, and that will let you know, which is this, cla- this, this kind of classical thing, right? The syllogism, like Socrates is um, a man, all men are moral, uh, excuse me, all men are mortal. Socrates is a man, therefore Socrates is mortal. Um, mm-hmm. You know that that kind of logical game, which the medievals loved. They loved it. They they kind of expanded it. They you know they kind of developed it. It became a way of like explaining the world. But of course, if the initial propositions are absurd, it doesn't explain anything. Um, (laughs) And what I love about the scene too is at the end, it turns out she's probably a witch, right? (laughs) Because she she weighs as much as the uh, she weighs as much as the duck. If you look at the end of that sequence. Mm when they
0: take her off the scale and the duck off the scale the scales are not level
1: oh they're not level so it was fixed <laughs> 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 yeah i couldn't have.
0: yeah <laughs> that's what yeah. happened at the end the scales weren't level
1: but she has that great line at the end well fair trial did <laughs> 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 fair, she fair court maybe but, yeah
0: what, what i love about that too is that was pretty much sir Bedivere's like audition to become a knight of the round table
1: <laughs>
2: I also like a little line he has will use my largest scales as if he has a bunch of different <laughs> size scales. <laughs>
0: well, that's where the whole she turned me into a newt. I got better. <laughs>
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, one of the other things in this movie there's often people doing things in the background that are apparently useless. Like in, in one scene or in multiple scenes, there's People swinging a cat against the wall,
1: boom! <laughs>
2: um, I thought they were like
0: beating a rug with a cat or something. <laughs> Maybe
2: they were. To <laughs> um, there's one scene they're going by. It might even be uh, I don't know if it's Dennis or not, but they're using a stick to hit a stream over and over again. <laughs> Just <laughs> they're hitting the water with a stick. Um Dennis and the women are gathering filth. Lovely film over (laughs) here.
0: I'm 37. (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm not an old fool.
1: That seems great too, because it's the anarcho syndicalist scene. Yes, (laughs) I think it was a anarcho syndicalist commune. It's yeah, it's an anarcho syndicalist commune, Um, and and. I I do like the idea of like, he has a a genuine defense, but he's such an irritating person that you you hate him anyway. (laughs) The other lady,
0: I'm your king. I didn't vote
1: for you. (laughs) (laughs) Repression in the system.
2: (laughs) Um, Another thing I like that they did is they would use editing to kind of tell a joke. So Mm -hmm. one example, when they're approaching the Black Knight, Bedivere and Arthur are just riding their horse through the woods, and they have kind of fantasy epic music playing. But then, whenever you get to the last beat in the measure of the music, it cuts to the Black Knight fighting a Green Knight, and you hear and that becomes part of the music and the editing and the rhythm of the scene. Mm -hmm. That was, I thought, really good. And then when Lancelot approaches the wedding. They show the same scene over and over <laughs> when again. When he's um, running? Yeah. He, like, he's approaching these guards from a very far distance away over this film. <laughs> and they show the same, I don't know, 15 yards of him running yes. over and
0: over again. <laughs> even when he runs in, he stabs one guard and the other guard, hey! <laughs> <laughs> like he's not supposed to pass. He's been... Right, it is the same sequence. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah. yeah, so they, they even use the movie techniques to tell jokes, which I really love. The other thing we haven't mentioned is the animation, which was really good. Oh yeah. But I, there's so much to talk about. I don't know.
0: Well, (laughs) the animation is like very Monty Python. Like that's the style in itself. And even not just animation to move different scenes, but major pivotal moments when they're in the cave, running away from the monster. How do they get away from the monster? The, the, Illustrator dies of a heart attack, so he cannot continue to draw the monster that
1: is chasing them. (laughs) That is how they get out. But it still also looks like medieval tapestry. A lot of it is from is taken from medieval tapestry and kind of messed with. Yes. I think my my favorite little detail was the the horn players. (laughs) Their horns are in their butt. (laughs) (laughs) So gross.
0: (laughs) And it's a very upbeat scene. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. My favorite part of animation, there's there's kind of title cards between some of these skits and it shows you the guy writing them and there is Someone making a nuisance outside, and he's on the top floor of his house, I guess, and he's got to walk down of his monastery. Yeah, he's (laughs) got to walk down like six or seven flights of stairs, and they show you every single (laughs) step. You're just watching this guy walk down stairs. It's like Mm -hmm. Ghostbusters or something. Yeah, one one
0: one of the ones that I I thought might have come up. Uh, talking about the uh, animation where they're telling once they get together again and they're going through the different seasons and they're they're on the track and they ran out of food so they ate Robin's minstrels and they rejoice yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I I actually had one thing that I wanted to bring up after watching this movie millions of times okay one of the questions I wanted to bring up to you guys today was, do the French already got one? So in an earlier sequence, the French, when they're taunting King Arthur's men, and of course we have to bring up the whole scene where they're throwing a variety of animals and livestock at them Mm -hmm. um, and catapulting them. um, When King Arthur explains to them that they're searching for the Holy Grail, uh, the French uh, guard taunts that they already got one. At the same time, in the last sequence of the movie, we end up at the castle of uh, which that same French group is in that castle. So does that show us that maybe the French do already got one? They might. (laughs) (laughs) End scene! (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just, you know what is funny? I was just thinking about Uh. that. Like, they said they had one, and then the castle that Has uh, presumptively has the Holy Grail, has French guards. Yep. And it's presumably the same one. When he
2: first says, we've already got one, he kind of turns to his buddies and says, I told him, we already got one. (laughs) That suggests they don't, but you're right. There is evidence that he does.
0: Yeah. I just happened to bring it. It's some silly little thing, but when I was watching, I was like, wait a minute. I bet you if, if I actually cared more about this, I could come up with an argument. Fortunately, I don't care that much. But I just wanted to bring it up because I, I thought it was uh,
1: kind of funny. And that boat that boat they used to cross there, there's like a, um, another Camelot version, John Boroman makes it. I think it's actually, I think it's called Excalibur. And it looks exactly like that. It came out in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, oh, it's so they reference? I, okay, so they reference? No, 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 no. They're not referencing that. The movie that the serious movie looks reference. just like, like the, the you oh, know, mm-hmm. but there's no reference to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not like I, saying thanks, Terry Jones and Gillian for for that.
0: Yeah, I wonder if there's any kind of Arthurian uh, legend or, or tale that describes a scene of him traveling on a boat with yeah, the there dragon. is when, okay, you, yeah, when yeah. you
1: go. Um, it's Parcival, who's not in this movie, is in... Is he not appearing in this film? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. But um, Parcival is like in the Mallory version from um, originally written in 1470. He gets on a boat and that's kind of like the last phase is him getting on this mysterious boat that takes them to the, um, the castle where the grail is. Um, so yeah, that, it's kind of like, it's, it's from that part, I would say.
0: Talking about the um, scene where they're trying to invade the French castle, and they build this uh, Trojan rabbit, okay? Do you think they would have had any more success if they followed Sir Bedivere's secondary advice and uh, created a giant wooden badger? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who was supposed to jump out? Me, Bedivere, Lancelot. Lancelot.
0: Someone else. I don't remember.
1: Yeah. That.
2: If they had Lancelot, that guy...
1: Uh, <laughs> watch out for those a, torches yeah I, he's he's a fighter <laughs> yeah I, I, who yeah who knows i'm gonna work for the trojans
0: so uh talking about how they have modern times if you remember doing that scene too when you hear them doing all the woodwork in the trees
1: they mm. have like chainsaws yeah. going. <laughs> what sells that scene for you too <laughs> is um is is John Cleese's how, how John Cleese is looking back and forth, and he has this exaggerated when the the badger first when the rabbit first appears, he has this exaggerated look of. <laughs> <laughs> Even the guards
0: when they pop their heads out the door, yeah. that's a perfect scene. The one guard pops his head out, and the
1: other three, and, and they keep saying things in French, and they say what, and then they have to translate in English. Allez, <laughs> <laughs> and and what oh, oh. go <laughs> go.
0: Again, we probably could spend another hour just quoting this movie and pretty much recreate the whole thing. but uh, this is a movie that I continue to thoroughly enjoy, even on the rewatches and it it sounds like you guys did too. well, again, I, I want to congratulate kJ for taking down Tom this week, who has a pretty strong track record, but even this one was very close um, i'd also thank KJ once again, because he is our exuberant editor who masterfully crafts these episodes. I'd also like to acknowledge IMDb, which is a great resource for movie information. Check out our website, TalkingPicturesTrivia.com for more information about us and our episodes. Join us next time when we discuss KJ's recommendation, the Korean film from 2009, Castaway on the Moon. It's been a fun one, guys. See you next time.
1: Ding, 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 ding.